0: Ah! Ah! Here we go again. Going to wake up the downstairs neighbors. Don't let them get you down. Don't let them beat you
1: up. There's a chorus of opinions,
0: but you know what you love. Don't let them tell you no. Don't let them talk that shit. The only thing they'll give you is reasons you should quit. Don't let them get you down. You just stand up tall. Sometimes everybody don't know anything at all.
1: You're listening to Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. I'm Seth. And I'm Brian. And we have been surviving just life on the sun the last few weeks. Yes. Solar flares on
0: (laughs) Earth in Los Angeles.
1: It has been ridiculous. It's been triple digits for... Every day. Every day for... At
0: least. Yeah. It's bad. I have not left my house.
1: Yeah, no, uh, actually, we, were, uh, we realized that it was time to do another podcast, and we were both really excited because that meant we got to go to the uh, studio, which has air conditioning.
0: Yeah, air conditioning, <laughs> close to the ocean, way better. It's always like 20 degrees cooler by the sea, mm-hmm. so anytime I get to go by the ocean, I'm like, yes. Yep. So, yeah, it was much nicer to come over here today. So, we have a contest We do have a contest. We have a giveaway.
1: Yeah, we're going to, for for those of you that have been listening to the show for a while or since the beginning, um, you may remember our first guest. First guest on the show. Our first guest we ever had, Mr. Jordan Wallace. Happens to be Brian's brother, but more than that, he's a very talented uh, writer and uh, actor. Indeed. And his book, Alistair Coronet and the Woven Cage, it has been released. It's been selling pretty well, actually. Selling
0: well, yes, on uh, Amazon. It is on
1: Amazon. You can get it in uh, paperback and also Kindle edition. Yep. I picked up a copy myself and been loving it. And so we've got a copy of this book. Jordan was kind enough to sign it for us. So this is going to be the prize, first edition of Alistair Coronet and the Woven Cage, signed by the author, Jordan Walls. And Brian, go ahead and tell them
0: uh, what they're going to do to win. So to win this fabulous prize, we need you to send a three-sentence story. Three-sentence story? Three-sentence story. You have three sentences to tell a complete story, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Can it be less than three sentences? No. Can it be more than three sentences? Absolutely
1: not. How many sentences should the story be?
0: Three sentences. Is they can th- be as long sentences as you would like, but there can only be three sentences. Three periods may be involved in this story in this competition.
1: I, I, I would have to say that probably blatant
0: run-on sentences are going to be... Enjoyed. Enjoyed. Okay. I would enjoy them. If okay. you can somehow managely grammatically make a sentence that so makes it, sense. It does have on. to
1: follow the grammatic rules.
0: Oh, yeah. No, you can't just like jam everything in there. I mean, okay. and, and again, we're going to be judging these. So right. if you write a terrible run on sentence, we're going to judge it and say, that's not a very good story. And right. this isn't told well. So you got to mail that into our email band at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you send us these three sentence stories. We will read our top three favorites on a podcast on in the a, future on a future podcast and uh, we will then award the number one this wonderfully signed copy of Alistair Cornet and the Woven Cage mm-hmm. yep signed and, by the author
1: and so uh, so again that email address is Downstairs at Band at gmail.com there's no dots dashes or underscores or anything in the in the first part it's all one run on word Downstairs Neighbors at gmail.com As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at dneighborsband, and Instagram is downstairsneighbors. We do follow back. We do. But for this contest, it does need to be via our email. We want to have these all isolated in one spot that we can see. That way we don't miss anybody's entry. So, again, downstairsneighborsband at gmail.com is where you want to send those. Three sentences long. Make it funny, make it dramatic, whatever you want to do. We're going to pick our three favorites. Actually, you know what? Let's each pick our three favorites. Okay. So we're going to read a total of six on the air. We'll have six finalists, and then between the two of us, we're going to we're gonna pick a winner, and that, that winner is going to get a signed copy of Alistair Cornett
0: and the Woven Cage by Jordan Wallace. So all of you Emma Stone fan fiction writers who want to appeal to Seth go ahead and write that three-sentence <laughs> Emma Stone fan fiction story about her falling in love with Seth. In and Chicago. Will, in Chicago, while eating Chicago Cubs dogs and watching the, cub, the Bears lose, then, uh, that, or win the Super Bowl. There,
1: hey, I tell you what, if you write a, a three-second story about the Bears winning a Super Bowl, just going to put it out there, I'm only human, you know.
0: I, I will immediately disqualify <laughs>
1: it. So we decided that when we were looking at, uh, what we wanted to cover on the show, we had two ways to go. There's a lot of stuff going on over in the NFL.
0: Lots.
1: And, uh, and also, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the entertainment world. Tons. So what we decided to do is a little special treat for you guys. This is actually our second episode of the of the week here, and this one is going to be... We're just going to focus on the happy-go-lucky world of, uh, of Hollywood and the entertainment world.
0: Double feature week.
1: Double feature week. If you want to hear about the NFL, if you haven't already... Go ahead and check us out on iTunes, Podcast Republic, any major podcast service. Also at our website at dryrunproductions.net slash final hour. Both episodes are available, but this one here, it's going to be all about the world of entertainment for you. So something I wanted to mention, uh, a couple things, a little house cleaning from last uh, last episode. We did our CMA picks. Yes. Yes. And we just made picks. There's there's no rhyme or reason. Like there's no there's nothing on the line here. So um I thought that we should make it interesting and
0: have another wager. Okay. I feel confident in my picks. Okay. I don't hate George Strait and awesome country music like you do.
1: <laughs> no, you just you just hate Taylor Swift.
0: No, I, I like Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. You know what? I actually wanna say, I'm just gonna go to record really quick. I wanna ask Taylor Swift's forgiveness. If you're about to say you like her new song, I
1: like her new song. I do, too. I was actually thinking oh last night. Oh, my God. Night.
0: We should listen to it and have a sleepover. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. Oh, my good. God. It is so great. We got pillow fights. I even like the stupid video. Okay, I still hate the rap part, and Taylor Swift right, should little rap. rap. The rap break bad. is bad. I usually just mute the, the song when it comes along. I'm like, I cut no sound. Okay, and I'm back. Shake it off. Shake it off. Yeah. No, it, it's really catchy. It's, it's really good. It's super catchy. Fine. You win, Taylor Swift. You've won me with your, your blonde... Kentucky charm or wherever you're from
1: now and I will say I'll disagree with you on the point of the video I'm still not a fan of the video and not because of the the racial crap that was she was right, accused that, of that issue from her it's 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 funny it's it's worth a watch she's kind of poking fun of at herself sure but it I think it's I think it's too much I for me I, I like the song the song's catchy the video detracts from it a little bit which mm. is weird. I never thought I would ever say I'd rather just hear Taylor Swift than look at her. Right. Because she's, she's a cute
0: chick. She's, she's a very attractive lady.
1: But no, I was literally, uh, last night, I was driving home and the uh, song came on the radio and when it started, I didn't recognize it because I don't, I usually listen to uh, to either oldies, classic rock, or country right. in the radio, or on the radio, but they were all on commercials so I flipped over to the, to the pop station and it was just starting and when it was starting, I didn't recognize it, didn't know what it was, but I... I, it sounded vaguely familiar, and I liked it. I was like, "I was like, this is cool. It's got a good beat." Right. And then as it started going, I was like, "Oh wait a minute! Oh no! I'm enjoying the song." Right. I didn't. I didn't like it when we watched the video, but I was grooving to it a little bit. And I, I remember actually thinking, "I was like, I'm gonna have to tell Brian <laughs> that yeah. I like it."
0: It's okay. Well, I, I, I like it too. I had to. I had to just face up to it. I found myself going back to it, and I'd go back to it just to be like, "Oh, what a terrible song! It's catchy," it and is. then uh, I started singing it, and now I like to Taylor Swift's song. Yep. Fine.
1: And they picked it up already as the it's the I don't know if it's the theme for it because I don't watch the show, but at least the commercial where they were showing the. The this year's cast of Dancing with the Stars. They were using that on the commercial for Dancing with the Stars. So it's mm. it's already getting picked up. Oh yeah, it'll be huge.
0: Usage. Her album's gonna be immense and giant and yep. whatever. And Which is good you know, it's good for her. She really needs a break. She really she has does. A, she hasn't had all any that luck. harsh. Oh man, that Taylor Swift. She could use a she could use a few more pennies in the bank. Right. That 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 not that kid.
1: I I think she's got a future. Maybe. Okay. So anyway, CMA. So we made our picks we did. And we didn't put anything on the line. So, I don't know if you've noticed, if you've bothered to look at it, but our band, Downstairs Neighbors, our Facebook page, it no longer has a cover photo. Oh. Uh, cover photo's gone. It's it's empty space right I now. I had
0: noticed that. We I was like, "We look really blank."
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've got we've got our mascot there for the profile picture, but the where the where the, where the big panoramic cover shot is is gone. It's blank now. Right. I'm going to put that on the line. Whoever gets the most picks, right, gets to Pick whatever image they want to throw up uh, as the cover photo for the Facebook page for Downstairs Neighbors. Okay. I, I've got my picture. Do you have anything in mind that you might want to do? Early
0: 90s Toby Keith. <laughs> okay. That's my choice. All right. Back when he had a mullet, but it was like all curly. and Sure. Like you could, Yeah.
1: Yep. Like dreamwalking Toby Keith. Era. Yes. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> 90s Toby Keith, if you get- Early picks. 90s Toby Keith. Early 90s. None of that
0: cut my hair wearing a cowboy. Oh, that's
1: true. He did clean up towards the end of yeah. the day. Yeah. Nope. Okay.
0: Early 90s when he's got like the goatee and the curly mullet.
1: Didn't he also wear a bolo tie?
0: Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to go on record. I want a picture of should have been a cowboy video era Toby Keith. <laughs> that's what I want.
1: All right. So, okay. So, if you get the most picks right- we're gonna. We should set a, a time frame. How long? How long are we putting this picture up? Three months. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. So uh, it's gonna carry us through the holidays. Yeah. Um, and. Actually. Nothing says Christmas
0: like mulleted Toby Keith it'll, in the early 90s. It's going to lead us right up to Valentine's really Day. Really should just go to Valentine's Day because nothing says romance like early 90s mulleted Toby Keith. So.
1: Okay, so there we go. How about this? So it'll, it'll ride us through changes. Valentine's. The day after Valentine's day. day after Valentine's day.
0: The day after Valentine's Day we can change this photo. So what's your choice of image then?
1: I have decided that I would uh, I would pick something near and dear to my heart and, and yours as well. And I'm gonna I'm going to go ahead and put up a roster team photo. Of the Chicago Bears.
0: Man, the traffic to our Facebook page is just going to be just so heavy. People are going to be like, oh, man, I need <laughs> to see that picture of Toby Keith or a photo <laughs> of the Chicago Bears <laughs> roster. Such excitement. You I mean, know, anyone stumbling across this who doesn't listen to our podcast, which is no one, of course, ever in the right, whole wide world. Everybody listens. Is just going to be like, what is wrong with his band? <laughs> like, they love early 90s Toby Keith. And the Chicago Bears, that's strange. Anyway, okay, well, it sounds like a, a good wager. I, I'll go with it.
1: I'm still trying to decide if it's going to be a current picture or if I'm going to go with, like, the 85 Bears or that's
0: something. A, it's a really good, you know what? I will give you either one, whichever one you want to go for. Cool. Whichever one doesn't embarrass you too much.
1: Hopefully by November it will. I'll be
0: able to say this year's, yeah. Yeah, this year's, and it'll be great. So we've got a special uh,
1: treat on today's episode. We've got a musician on the phone with us. And if you haven't heard of Juice yet, trust me, you're going to, because she is crazy talented. So welcome to Final Hour, Juice. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of your uh, of your new single?
2: Um, my new single is called All Tied Up.
1: Okay. And tell us a little bit about the song, uh, what inspired it, and uh, what brought you to write it.
2: Oh, sure. Um, so... This is, my I guess, my big breakup song, if you will, <laughs> but really just kind of about feeling you know, trapped in a relationship and um, not really knowing how to get out. But it's also kind of an empowering song because it's also at the end, um, you know, just kind of breaking free and getting your life back together. And so kind of my little story there.
0: When Seth told me the title of the song, I immediately was like, so she's totally going to pitch this to the Fifty Shades of Grey soundtrack people?
2: (laughs) And everyone's like, all tied up. That's really kinky. I'm like, no.
0: Right. But uh, so it's got it's got a great name, period. It catches your interest right off the bat. Right off the bat, you're like, what? What? All tied up with what? What? (laughs) But then uh, I really did like the song, the lyrical picture you draw, just that first verse about uh, the living room. And it's like I was just like, whoa. We're, we are not talking about Fifty Shades of Grey business here. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was great. It was really good.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So was this like a, like a, a recent thing or like one of those, oh, man, I remember this guy like 10 years <laughs> ago things?
2: Um, it was a few years back. A few years back? yeah it was you know I was younger, and um it was kind of just one of those times I felt like I was stuck and you know eventually I ended up kind of just going my own way and living in my car for a little bit and <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty wild ride, but um it uh inspired a really good song, right
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you hey you got you got something good out of it,
1: cool, it is a damn good song, and we're actually uh we're gonna go ahead and play that for our listeners, awesome. Uh, here at the end of this episode, we're going to play the song and, uh, and make sure everybody knows where they can find it for themselves. You're pretty much destined to make it in the business. If I think at any point in time you can say, I lived in my car for a while. That's
3: true. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, That's the standard.
1: If you can say, I lived in my car for a while, and it's not followed up with, so then I decided I was going to go work at McDonald's. If right. You, if you can say <laughs> I lived in my car for a while, and then I got this great song, and or or even just anything, you're doing anything after living in your car, you are on track to <laughs> have a career.
2: <laughs> it's pretty much like typical musician stuff, isn't it? Though it's like you talk, you to talk to somebody, a, a regular person, <laughs> but no, you talk to somebody else, and like you lived in your car, that's crazy. But if I talk to another musician, I'm like, yeah, I lived in my car now. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. it's in LA. Like ah, mm-hmm, and there, so
0: you rented the car apartments as well. I see. <laughs> ah, yes. Yeah, <Right laughs> now totally. Uh, yeah. I lived in a tent. I lived in a tent during my time. In I, a tent? I had I, I didn't have, i I had the car but I had a tent as well and it was the summer so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sleep in the tent save the car for the winter cool.
2: yeah that's actually almost kind of cooler
0: it worked out well uh though there were days when it rained and i was like car would be so yeah yeah right and then now, that. So.
2: that's true that's true you don't get a ton of rain totally. in california but
0: yeah yeah exactly so when did you start with the singer and songwriteriness was that like a young kid thing or is that when when did that begin
2: i've been writing pretty much uh my entire life like as soon as i was able to write anything, i started writing so that definitely came pretty naturally um singing as well that's just something i grew up around my dad was in um, a recording band in the 70s called hartsfield and you know they got pretty big they toured with some some bigger names so i grew up around that so it nice. was just kind of always part of my life and then um when i was about 13 he threw a guitar at me and showed me how to play free fall and he was like all right figure out the rest yourself so <laughs> that's when i started writing like songs history. um and i never stopped
0: nice Very what cool. i gotta know what was the first song you ever wrote was it like I hate my broccoli or something? Were you that young or was it were you past that phase?
2: No, I was like I was one of those kids that I was thirteen but I was writing these mature songs. People were like, What? Where did you get that material? <laughs>
0: You're like popping out blue stuff and they're like, What is she talking about? It was like about? really dark
2: and depressing. I was like really angsty. <laughs> oh, nice, okay. Yeah. I'm still really angsty. i was, like I haven't changed that much.
0: <laughs> well, you gotta keep where you came from. Nobody wants
2: yeah, to see where you came from. Totally. <laughs>
1: I always feel a little uh, a little slighted myself because I had a pretty good life as a, as a kid, and mm-hmm. so I I have a I have not a whole lot to draw from if I want to write songs about anguish and and hurt because I had a I had a good
0: childhood.
2: Yeah, I did too. You just gotta dig deep. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you totally get it from somewhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get, yeah. Just dig deep. You got you've got some in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm saying that like it's a good thing I'm like, you're dark <laughs>
0: <laughs> Exactly Don't worry, don't worry You're broken too <laughs> <laughs> Kids at home, dig deep And you'll really find something That you can write a, a yeah. song about right. You can do it
1: if you, if you think you're happy Think hard enough You'll find out that you're yeah. unhappy <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> So I'm curious because a lot of singer-songwriters, you know, they might have all the talent in the world. They might have a great mind for for songwriting, or just have a golden voice. What was your journey from from being the the 13 year old learning Free fallen to now getting a single that's actually released, that's on sale, and is amazing?
2: Um, you know, I just never really stopped trying to perfect my craft. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, and it's something that I've never I've never like taken a break from or stopped doing. I've been playing live since I was. 14 years old i played my first show at like the holiday inn in in illinois and i've just been playing live all over the place meeting everybody i can meet i lived in la for three years where you know i just kind of went about meeting people and networking and um people Mm. like what they hear and now i got this single out which actually is is pretty cool i released this producer and composer his name is christopher king he works on he did like the music like futurama and rescue me and some other cool shows um and he has this all good shows yeah, really good shows, all kinds. <laughs> and he has this project called the Grow Music Project, where basically he wants to, he does like a pay it forward thing with musicians. So he wants to give back to people like me who um, have been doing this for a long time and, and I'm broke. <laughs> so I can't, I can't get into like an actual studio. So he took me in to an actual studio, a really great studio, and he recorded this song for me. And I mean, it's definitely been a huge honor and like a dream come true. So just kind of keep pushing that yeah. is
0: really cool that's awesome so i mean i gotta ask so you've got all tied up in the can and it's mm-hmm. out and it's it's great um have you got i mean what are your other like like give us like your your next two so like a top three if all tied up's like your favorite song you got right now what would be the next two songs you've got that you're like oh man i got to record these
2: um actually it's funny i have two that i'm about to release <laughs> release really in here
0: perfect um, time i did not know that i just want everyone to know i know that you was me it. psychically that knowing that
2: but no, I have I just finished recording a couple out here. i'm I'm in um, Arizona now, and I recorded out here in Gilbert with these guys. They have a studio out here called Studio at the Farm. And they are just awesome. They like took this house and gutted it and turned it into a studio. And they played all the instruments on my songs, too. So it's been super cool working with them. And we did these two songs coming out. I'm releasing. One of them, very soon, it's called Talk To Me, and it's it's definitely a different vibe from All Tied Up. It's it's more spunky and fun, and I think people will, will like it. It's more cheery. <laughs> but I'm working on, like, a music video, so I'm going to release that together. Nice. Very cool. Yeah.
1: You said you had another one yeah. behind mm-hmm. that as well? and then I have
2: another one coming out. It's called You Always, and, and then we're just going to get really depressing again, so... <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like sarcastic, depressing. Like uh, you'll see, it's it's. I like it. I'm ha- I'm really happy with both of us. Now,
0: though. one of the things I totally picked up. Sorry, you, you talked about like sarcastic, depressing, mm-hmm. and and this is, uh, this is like a high compliment I paid to, to paid to very few people. In fact, you're the first person I would ever pay this compliment to. You have a very like Alanis Morissette vibe a little bit, mm-hmm. but like like if she like modern yeah. Alanis, like like Alanis was late '90s. Yeah. You're like Alanis now, mm-hmm. and so it led me to think like. Do you, what? What were your influences? Was like was she in there? Or what? What? Who? Who? Who made you?
1: You?
2: I, I don't know if I'd say I haven't like she's not somebody I listen to on the regular, but I actually do get that a lot just because we're both kind of like speak our minds and just say whatever the hell we're feeling, you know. But called
0: it's honest, honest lyrics, honest lyrics is what I would call it. Honest
2: lyrics, yeah, exactly. And um, so I do get that often. Um, I have a lot of influences. I'm I do like a lot of older stuff. I mean, Beatles probably one of my favorite bands ever huge Fleetwood Mac band Tom Petty Um, but then I'm really into like indie and alternative rock music and I was a big fan of like Bright Eyes you guys know like Conor Oberst.
0: Brights Conor Oberst yeah. Conor Oberst huge fan,
2: Modest Mouse, The Shins, The Decemberists. I really like all that stuff. They're able to tell stories and while I don't think my music necessarily sounds that much like it it's kind of like the way I write and the storytelling and the lyrics and you know that I've kind of picked up from them yeah that
0: storytelling element is definitely there but yeah as far as sound goes yeah you do have a very different sound I I was trying to peg it down and I I, I was like man it just it sounds new and and cool like you kind of fuse like folk music with a little bit of electro Mm -hmm. like all tied up is just like it's it's a unique song. I'm
1: glad you think so. <laughs> In a very, very good <laughs> oh, way. Oh, yeah. Like, we listened listening to it again, and, and I actually I asked Brian, I said, what is that? It sounds like there's something familiar enough that it's, it's, it's enjoyable, it's pleasing to my ear, there's something familiar there, but not so much that I can say, oh, it's another blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, and so. I do get that, too. People are always like, who do you sound like? And I honestly, and it's not just because I'm like, oh, I'm so unique. I'm an artist. I'm not really sure what <laughs> I sound like, you know? I've kind of just been writing for me my entire life. I don't know. I do feel like I've kind of come up with my own thing, and that can be challenging, but, you know, I think people will like it oh, eventually. But that,
1: that's going to shine through, because you're never going to be accused of being just another cookie-cutter, you know, music industry darling that gets packaged and sent right. out.
2: Right. But that's what the money is. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, Speaking of unusual, so I, I have to ask as well, uh, when Seth was like, oh, I have this pr- person who's going to come on the show, She's amazing, and he's, I was like, okay, what's, what's her name? Juice. And I, I was like, okay, that's awesome. How did that happen? And that's the first question, which is not the first question, obviously, I'm asking you. But it's a great name. It, just like All Tied Up, it definitely catches you. You're like, what?
2: Yeah. What is that? Basically, <laughs> without getting too much into it, it's a nickname that um, an old friend gave to me when I was 14 at all I can nice. say. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of like a joke between some friends and some people started calling me Juice and my real name is Julia and my mom calls me Juge and all kinds of things, but Juice kind of just kind of came about. Eventually, I like changed my Facebook to Juice when I was 15 and then it, it just worked. I'd go out and play shows and people would refer to me as that, so... I stuck
0: with it. <laughs> nice. It, yeah. Well, it makes you stand out from the crowd, and it's a great, great thing. Oh. And I even like that it has this mysterious origin story. You keep that.
2: You keep it. <laughs> never tell anyone. Never.
1: I'm gonna just pretend that there was a 14-year-old girl that had a severe steroid problem.
2: <laughs> How did you know? Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I know, right? People just know, people probably come up with some stuff, but nah you
1: know <laughs> it's like a like pink or prince or you know it's, right. it's a good one word. Oh, it's name. iconic
0: you got iconic iconic statics that are coming mm-hmm. yeah yeah once that name gets out for sure
1: yeah, thanks you mentioned that you're in arizona now mm-hmm. I, I know you from your time in la mm-hmm. but you said illinois mm-hmm.
2: yeah i'm from i'm from um, the south suburbs of illinois so that's where i grew up
1: so you're can we call you a chicagoan then
2: yeah you can I usually say Chicago. I don't know why I said Illinois, but <laughs> that doesn't make it sound as cool. I'm from Illinois. Cool cornfields. No, um, I love my home. But
1: believe me, I do too. I I'm also. I have
0: to hear about how much he loves Chicago and oh, Illinois dude. every podcast, at least eight hundred times. Like, oh man.
1: And so I, I just want to ask: Are you at all of a sports fan?
2: No, I'm not. I don't understand okay. them. They don't understand me. Don't, <laughs> good
0: job. Way to be. <laughs>
1: So that so then you're probably one of the few Chicago people that doesn't have that that depressed sadness in your heart from every sports team that you'd want to root for just <laughs> sucking.
0: Hey,
2: no, I really, uh, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't really affect She's me. She's able to
0: channel that into song.
2: Maybe I should, maybe I should start writing like songs for sports. Actually, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea. I need to get into sports, guys. The
0: Chicago, the Chicago Bears—they need a song. They need a really sad song about losing something because they spend a lot of time doing that. So you should definitely write that, just for just for sad. So speaking of <laughs> speaking of different cities and awesome things, do you do you get out and tour much, or are um, um, you gonna like a um, shows coming up? I
2: haven't really done the whole tour thing. I mean, every now and then, like I, I kind of go back and forth to California. Haven't really played a whole lot of different places as of now but that is something i plan on doing hopefully sooner than later so i'm playing around phoenix right now i do have some shows coming up actually
0: do you have like a way we could people can find out about it like like uh, facebook yeah. websites things so like that so my
2: facebook is facebookcom music. i post all my shows on there all my flyers and this and that so that would be the spot to go to as of now until i get a website
1: as far as the single, uh, all tied up, mm-hmm. that can be purchased and downloaded online at JuiceIsMusic.bandcamp.com, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Now, is that where, you, when, you, as you release your future songs, are they are they all going to be in that same <coughs> website space? Yeah,
2: I'm going to put them all on Bandcamp um, for now. Um, I'll also, you know, post them to my Facebook so people know if they follow me on Facebook. So mm-hmm. you'll be able to buy them or download them at Bandcamp and um, I'll put little notifications on my Facebook about it and I'll just shove it in everyone's face. (laughs) 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 This is my phone.
1: And again, I mean, anybody who hasn't heard your song yet or, or heard of you yet, they're going to. We're going to play the songs on this show today. People are going to hear it here. And make sure you guys go out, buy the buy the song. We want to make sure we always support new and upcoming artists, especially when they're as talented as Juice is.
0: Oh, totally. To our listeners, I just have to say, you're going to be at a party, and somebody's going to be like, man, I really wish somebody would play a song that sounded like early Fiona Apple crossed with Alanis set <laughs> with Florence and the Machines backing them. And you're going to be like, I have that. <laughs> and you need this song because you're going to need to play that. So that's why you got to get it.
1: It's true. And I would say get in on the craze now before it is a huge hit and everybody knows it. Play it. Be the, be the cool yeah, one be the that cool has one. that on your right. phone. Exactly. Right?
2: I, I like just the push is big. I like saying that. Exactly. I was listening to that band <laughs> for like 10 years. i'll
0: get my hipster glasses out and put them on and be like i knew her before everybody else
1: oh you better believe that i'm gonna be bragging like crazy (laughs) oh yeah i know she was on final hour with us yeah before you know before she was on the tonight show she was on final hour
2: i like where this is going we're better than jimmy
0: fallon for sure i think you
2: guys got something good going here you guys are pretty hilarious oh thank you thank you very much you're welcome yeah.
1: when you do have your next uh, your next song and video come out would you uh, would you want to come back and chat with us again
2: absolutely anytime you just give me a call <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. well I do want to thank you for being on the show and again the, the song is all tied up juice is her name facebook.com slash juice is music and you can buy the song and future songs at juice is Brian you want to say anything before we depart?
0: Well, you got to go get the song, because for that exact reason I said, you will be DJing that part, and you're going to need that song, so get it. It's true.
1: <laughs> Juice, thank you again for being with us, and we can't wait to talk to you again.
2: Totally. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: So, it's fall. Uh, allegedly. You allegedly, would, it's fall. <laughs> you, wouldn't wouldn't it. It. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it if you're out here with us, but with fall comes new TV shows. Yeah. So, uh, we wanted to go ahead and
0: run, run through some of those. You've come up with a rating system, correct? I have, yes. F- falls TV news show. There's a ton of new shows this year. I mean, I, I notice new shows, but it seems like there's a lot of new shows this year. It does. Year. It does. Just a few extra. And I've decided that Seth and I are going to go through Fall's uh, some of Fall the fall TV show lineup, and we're going to rate them one of two ways. If it's good, we're going to call it Pumpkin Spice Sexy <laughs> or Salted Caramel Balls if they're not going to be a good show. Okay. Okay. So first up, uh, I'm going through these a little bit alphabetically. Okay. Uh, a to Z. On NBC, it's mm-hmm. going to premiere on October second at nine. A student of the How I Met Your Mother school of television, A to Z, is a romantic comedy that chronicles a relationship from beginning to end, a la Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mad Men's Ben Feldman stars with both of his nipples. That's a really strange point to make. But okay, just <laughs> folks, he has both of his nipples. I need to watch more Mad Men. As Andrew, a Wait, true I'm believer.
1: Sorry, I have to interrupt you. It actually says that.
0: It actually says this. Oh, I this thought for synopsis. sure
1: you were going off script.
0: Nope. Wow! I am not going off script here. It says, Ben Feldman stars with both of his nipples. So there you go. (laughs) As Andrew, a true believer in destiny and romance, well, How I Met Your Mother's ever charming Christine Malati plays the object of his affection, Zelda. So obviously it's pretty much a How I Met Your Mother kind of thing. Yeah,
1: just from what you've read and just from, I have seen commercial spots for it. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's going to be an ensemble show. Nope. And I'm gonna go
0: with uh, salted caramel balls. Yeah, I have to join you on the salted caramel balls. Sorry, NBC. NBC has a rough time with comedies. What you got next? Okay. Well, also A to Z is the editor's pick from uh, TV Guide. So I don't know if that's good or not, but uh, we're anyway. taking on
1: TV Guide. Let's see who's right. Sure.
0: I think we're. I think we're right. Of course um, we are. So next up, we've got uh, the affair from Showtime. Showtime. Woo-hoo-hoo. Told from alternating male and female perspectives, the affair examines the emotional and psychological effects of infidelity on two different marriages. Set in the Hamptons, the series SARS, Dominic West of The Wire, and Ruth Wilson of Luther as the cheaters, and Mara Tierney of ER and Joshua Jackson of Fringe as the cheaties. Bonus, Bunhead's Julia Goldani Tellus appears as the teenage daughter of one of the two couples adding to an already excellent cast.
1: I will say the premium cable channels do generally crank out better programming for the most part, it seems like. And this I think a true. lot of that is because they don't have the same censorship rules the uh, the rest of channels have to uh, follow. I'm not sold on it. ABC had a show, actually I think they still somehow have a show called Mistresses, which was based on people having affairs. And there's... There's just something to that storyline that I think they're going to get their Desperate Housewives type crowd. But for me, it's I don't think that it's got the staying power of like a
0: Game of Thrones. And that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be compared to being on Showtime. So I'm going to go Salted Caramel Balls. Okay. I'm going to go uh, with our first Pumpkin Spice Sexy. I think it's got. I think Showtime. Showtime has a good history with the sexy shows. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a ooh thing. And I don't know. It could be interesting. Could be a, a drama, dramatic show.
1: I I will. I'm staying with my vote. I will be surprised if I'm right because it does seem like every time an original show comes out on one of those channels, it's uh, it's almost always worthwhile. This is true. Next up, we got an ABC comedy, Blackish. <laughs> I'm gonna stop you right now because I've seen commercials on this. You can say more if you want. Sure. I, before I hear any more, though, I'm gonna go with salted caramel balls because I just feel like it's from what I can tell as an as just a TV viewer, it strikes me as either what they, they call black exploitation. Is that the term? Like, yes.
0: Okay. Uh, the black exploitation films.
1: Or it, it at, at the very least, it comes across as something that's going to be playing most of its humorous scenarios off of racialist issues, whether it's black stereotypes or white stereotypes or a mix of both. It looks like it's preying on race stuff, which I don't, I don't like when comedians live off of it, and I feel like that's what the show
0: does. So
1: just off of what I've seen with what the way they're promoting it, I'm going salted caramel balls on that.
0: All right. Created by and starring comedian Anthony Anderson, Blackish explores one man's efforts to establish a cultural identity for his family after he uh, discovers his children don't have one. Anderson stars as Man of the House Dre, and Tracy Ellis Ross plays his biracial wife, Rainbow. They've got their hands full working and raising kids. Zoe Andre, who prefers to be called Andy and really, really wants a bar mitzvah despite the fact they're not Jewish, and twins Jack and Diane. Hannibal's Lawrence Fishburne appears as Dre's father, Pops, and wears velour tracksuits because he's Lawrence freaking Fishburne. I'm definitely keeping my vote. I gotta say, I've just never found Anthony Anderson all that funny, so if he wrote mm-hmm. it and kind of created it, I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't have high hopes for it either, I gotta go, as much as there's room for a great black comedy, and there should be, Cosby Show was one of the best mm-hmm. shows out there, uh, like, historically good, huge Family Matters fan.
1: Wait, and let me stop you though, uh, both of those shows mm. didn't focus on the fact that it was a black comedy. That's true. The families were, were, were black families, but the shows were, they went off of... Just your usual conventions for comedy. They didn't live off the fact of, hey, we're black, and that's where they didn't live off the race issue.
0: This is true. It's true. I just feel like Anthony Anderson doesn't have the subtle humor to pull off. Oh no, something cool like that. No, so. I
1: think there's going to be all sorts of stereotypes being thrown out and flung about, and and just it's it's going to be the sort of thing where it's going to be really hard for anybody to review on one side or the other without some somebody in the world thinking that they're racist.
0: Right? No, I I will say, well, this one sounds not so great and I'm going to go salted caramel balls on it. There Mm. is a film coming out called dear white people, which if you haven't seen the trailer for, go check out the trailer for dear white people. I've heard of it. Really hilarious looking film about race. Mm. And I think there's ways to go at it that are funny and awesome and have interesting and new truths to reveal about race in America. And I feel that film does. I've seen the previews for this again. I don't want to make too many calls, but based on what I'm hearing here, I'm not thinking it's going to be one of those. just doesn't sound like it's going to go so well there. Exactly. Constantine. See, I didn't even know about this. The comic, Constantine, Mm -hmm. being adapted for NBC. Mm -hmm. One of the many comic book adaptations this season, Constantine is based on the DC Comics series Hellblazer. Welsh actor Matt Ryan stars as the titular John Constantine, a seasoned demon hunter and master of the occult who abandoned his campaign against evil after failing to save a young girl's soul from hell. However, he's pulled back into the fight when the balance between good and evil somehow Winds up on the line, and an angel named Manny, lost Harold Perrineau, tells him to man up and get his act together. You are a comic book fan. I'm really wondering where you're going to land on this one.
1: Well, and that's just it. This one, the idea of it could be great. The execution is what I'm worried about. Mm. So I've heard that they were doing a TV show. I didn't know it was. I didn't know it was ready to come out this fall. I have not seen or heard anything other than that. It, and what uh, you just said.
0: I, I forgot to do the thing. It uh, totally premieres Friday, October 24th at 10 o'clock. Mm. It's a late premiere, too. Central time.
1: But I mean, uh, late in the season. Late oh, it is. Most Those of us like, premiering yeah, that's true. this yes. next week. I'm going to give this one the, uh, the the pumpkin spice sexy. I'm, I'm being hopeful and hoping that I am going to influence the outcome and the end result. It has two hurdles to cover. Okay. It's got to be entertaining enough to survive on TV and be a decent show. Mm. But uh, unfortunately, Constantine in particular, especially because they had the, the movie that wasn't fantastic. They do have the comic book world especially the diehards that love that comic that they're gonna have to appease that too so i'm hope I'm, I'm hopeful for pumpkin spice sexy
0: right we'll see but we will see where are you um i'm gonna go with uh salted caramel balls i just don't feel like i'm a f- I've, I've actually read a few of the comics mm-hmm. this is one of the times when i've actually read some comics Woo-hoo! i know um and i'm a big fan of them and i just don't think uh network television is going to do justice to john constantine right i don't think it's going to go well and uh, I think they're going to mess it up. I think NBC is doing it because comics are huge. Let's do it. And they prob but they probably just put their prints all over it and messed it up. Uh, again, I haven't I, seen uh, even a trailer for this thing, but I'm right. just not not hopeful.
1: My one the one reason that I that I am able to give it the hopeful vote is the show Hannibal.
0: That's true. Hannibal did do pretty well.
1: And and that that's the type of show that you wouldn't think network TV could get right. And I think they do. It's true. So I'm I'm hopeful, but. Wait, wait, what else see. you got?
0: Gotham on Fox premieres Monday, September 22nd, 8 o'clock, so coming up this Monday. Nice. Described as the origin story of future Gotham police. Sorry, I'm going to read this as Batman, so get ready. Oh, God. Described as the origin story of future Gotham police commissioner, Jim Gordon. Gotham is Fox's effort to get in on TV's comic book craze. Savlin and the OC alum, Ben McKenzie stars. Wow, this is hard. As Gordon. <laughs> A fresh faced police detective whose life begins to change when he and his partner, the brash Harvey Bullock, played by Donald Logue, start investigating the murder of the parents. I'm none other than young Bruce Wayne. <gasps> That's me. Sorry, I had to <laughs> Anyway. Oh, what's gonna happen to my parents? Oh yeah. I just gotta tune in for that. Okay. Uh man, that is hard on the voice. Yep. But I want to go first on this one. Sure. I think we're going to be agreed, but go for it. I've heard a little bit of some reviews of actually people who've actually seen episodes of it. They pretty much say: do you like crime dramas? Do you like crime dramas where accidentally Bruce Wayne is in them? No to both of those. Then no, you won't like this. Ah. Uh, so I'm going to land on salted caramel balls. We're going hard on the TV schedule here, but I'm, I just don't think it's going to be any good. It sounds to me like it's just going to be a boring police procedural. With names I know,
1: we are we are not going to agree. I thought for sure we were. This one I'm going to go with pumpkin spice sexy because it's not on the CW. It's on Fox. They've got a little arrows on the
0: CW though. Don't you love Arrow? Well,
1: yes, they could. CW could handle Gotham because a dark, gritty feel, kind of like what they have with Arrow, could work for this. Should will work for it. Maybe. But I see it as it's going to be Fox's attempt, obviously, to rival Agents of Shield over on ABC. Mm. I just feel like it's a great idea to go with Jim Gordon instead of focusing on a, a superhero. Sure, it's a great idea, and I and I love the casting for it. I I love I love their pick for Gordon, and I and I like the fact that it's it's his story, and Bruce Wayne's a kid, so it's not going to be the sort of thing where we have to worry about seeing a Batman spinoff within the first couple seasons. Yeah, unless they do a time jump in some kind, and they're like, all right, well we're done telling that story. Time to ten years later. Here's Batman. Right. But no, I, I have high hopes for it. I think that it looks I think it looks good. I think the production value just being with Fox, I think that they're going to have the funds to to go for it. And when it comes to another company working with the comic book rights, Fox is the only one that doesn't that didn't create the characters that does well. And I'm talking about the X-Men series. They're doing great with the, with that franchise, and I think that they'll be able to handle this as well.
0: I think the idea of having of hey, you got this cool universe Let's have him solve really boring crimes is precisely why it won't work and why I've seen this not work with other shows that are the same way.
1: What time did it say on Monday?
0: Uh, it is September 22nd at uh, 8, 7 central. It's going to have
1: a rough go of it a little bit because uh, it's it's just early enough in the evening it's still going to have to deal with Monday Night Football. Yeah. And that, I think, is going to be a problem.
0: That could, uh, that could rear its ugly head for a while on that, yeah.
1: Although it will benefit heavily from... Uh, at Fox NFL Sunday, promoting the shit out of it the day before. Oh, yeah. No,
0: they'll go nuts so with that. Every Sunday, we're
1: going to hear about animation domination and this, yeah. guaranteed. Oh, Fox. And, of course, Trucks and
0: Beer. Our next one is called Trucks and Beer. Um, <laughs> it is a show it's that actually Fox, is right? just a lot of commercials from Fox <laughs> to glued together. Uh, we've only got a couple more here. This one has the weirdest title so far. It's on the CW. It is called Jane the Virgin. Hmm. The show's premise, it is on Monday night, October 13th is its premiere, 9, uh, 8 central. Another one going up against some footballs. And that's going directly up against Gotham, too. And right? Gotham, so yeah. Uh, rough, rough, it is, it is also another editor's pick. Okay. Uh, come on, it's all right there in the title. Gina Rodriguez stars as a young woman named Jane, and Jane is a virgin. What more is there to know? Well, okay, there is the fact that she's pregnant because she was accidentally artificially inseminated by her gynecologist. Whoops. And to make matters even more complicated, Jane has to decide whether or not to keep the baby after discovering the sperm specimen belonged to cancer survivor Raphael, who's not only a former crush of Jane's, but also her new boss.
1: That sounds fucking awful. I'm going to go salted caramel balls that have been left out in the hot sun for too long
0: I just think it suffers from way too much going on like yeah like a I'm just like I'm not even sure where to go like you're accidentally inseminated by your gynecologist right there I'm just like whoa hold up a minute and and it's a kid can- why does it matter he's a can- okay man his Raphael your ex-crush who's now a cancer I mean it's just like days of our lives has less convoluted plots mm-hmm. than the pilot description of this show
1: it literally sounds like trying to pick for every single element of their story, mm. inclu- down to character names, down to scenarios, and down to relationships, and down to everything. It's like they were sitting there, and they were just trying to find the most, quote-unquote, provocative-slash-wacky choice they could, and then they just threw it all in a blender.
0: You remember the episode of South Park? I was just thinking about where Family they, Guy. They reveal that manatees, right, Family Guy. I feel like this is a Manatee show, where yep. they were just like, let's just... Throw things at the wall and see what sticks. Yep. And I just don't feel like, I don't know. Again, could be wrong. Maybe there's some Won't brilliant, be. brilliant thing on this that I don't know about, but it just feels like it's not going to fly. No. So I got to go with you on Salted Caramel Balls on this one. Not a winner. We finally get to the giant network of them all. The granddaddy CBS, who leads everybody. Big Bang Theory 2, the bigger theory. It, it is totally that, except it's called Madam Secretary. And stars Taylor Leone, plays a former CIA agent whose former boss... Now the President of the United States, Keith Carradine, asks her to take on the role of Secretary of State after an accident claims the life of the office's previous occupant. Using her no-nonsense, unconventional attitude towards politics, she shakes things up in Washington, D.C., while also juggling her home life as a wife and mother.
1: Mm, It it sounds like a CBS drama.
0: It does, doesn't it? Like, it it just...
1: It just... CBS basically there's two. You've got your Chuck Lorre shows, which on the whole I really enjoy, and then you've got your CBS dramas, your NCISs, your CSIs, your Blue Bloods. You know, and and there's a demographic for that. I mean, sure. If they're not already tucked into bed, then great. Yeah,
0: I think it will succeed. I don't think I'll watch it. Right. But I think it will succeed. I'm sure. I give.
1: I give it. Uh, I give it three to
0: four seasons tops. Sure. I would go with that. Uh, I will pumpkin spice sexy it, but it's it's sexy in a way that is not appealing to me. OK. It's that's like fair. Cameron Diaz. I just I she's fine. I acknowledge that the world thinks she's sexy. I don't particularly find her sexy. So there it is. You know, I just I want
1: to apologize to her because we know she's listening.
0: Yeah. Well, Hollywood listens to everything we say. So right. There you, go. I, you
1: know, and I think that's for, I'll agree with that. It's not for me, but I'll go pumpkin spice sexy.
0: OK, so I've got the crazy ones lined up here. That, that show already got canceled. The crazy one? Yeah. Which one was that one? That was
1: Robin Williams' CBS show.
0: Oh, yeah, he did it. With that Sarah show. Michelle Geller. It actually wasn't bad. No, it probably. I, Robin Williams, talent. Yeah. I'm just going to try and get to these next two ones. The next two are, there's uh, uh, an NBC, a CBS, and a Fox one. And I'm just going to go right through them, and you tell me. We're Give gonna me go. titles only. I'm going to vote, and then tell me what they're about. Okay. Marry Me, NBC.
1: I'm going to go with Salted Caramel Balls on that okay. one.
0: Okay. The McCarthy's CBS.
1: That sounds like a Chuck Lorre show, so I'm just going to go Pumpkin Spice Sexy. Mulaney on Fox. Mulaney on Fox. Oh, 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 I do know about that one. I'm going to go Pumpkin Spice Sexy on that one.
0: Okay. Red Band Society, Fox. Red Band Society.
1: I know nothing about that one, so just going off of it. Sounds stupid uh i'm just gonna make a a (laughs) you know nothing like
0: i don't like the way the words (laughs) red and band are put together it doesn't appeal to me the reason
1: is it literally makes me think of the red hat society and i'm like i'm not gonna watch a show about a bunch of old broads ain't gonna happen (laughs) so i'm gonna go salted to caramel balls
0: (laughs) okay so let's find out how how you did yeah how did i do on this marry me is happy endings david Caspi is the writer behind this rom-com about a couple Wait, didn't NBC have A to Z as well? Yeah. They need to get off the rom-coms. They really want... Well, the problem with NBC, as far as I can tell, is they look at what's successful, How I Met Your Mother, and then just try and make whatever that is in as many forms as possible and hope they get one of them to be a hit. That's true. Which is precisely what they're doing here, because this show, Marry Me, is about a couple who are well on their way to tying the knot. There's just one problem. They can't get the marriage proposal right. Is it a sign that they aren't supposed to be together, or do they need to stop screwing up their overly inventive attempts to get engaged? That is literally what Mary Me is I about. made such the right vote on that. Yeah, it's salted caramel balls all the way. That's going to be awful. The McCarthy's on CBS, the loudmouth sports-crazy Boston family, is at the center of this multi-camera sitcom based on the life of series creator Brian Gallivan. But what happens when the patriarch asks the resident black sheep, a gay sports-averse son, to be his assistant basketball coach? Madness. Will there be a you-throw-like-a-girl joke? Probably. <laughs> also by the way as a bonus that does st- this show does have Joey McIntyre of New Kids on the Block in it
1: <laughs> uh, um, I'm still going to stand by it because CBS does seem to do okay with their sitcoms mm. so I'm still going to say uh, uh, Pumpkin Spice Sexy on this but it's going to be like the other CBS show I don't think it's for me but my work. but pumpkin spice sexy, I, think, uh, I think
0: for me it's it's salt it's it's the salt caramel balls because uh, there's just every time they try they try and do sports theme anytime they try and do sports themed shows mm. they just don't go well because sports people that are into sports usually watch sports on those nights. They don't watch like I can't think of a really awesome show that's like, oh, these guys are to, like like any show that's about a bunch of guys who hang out at a bar and like sports, like they try and recreate cheers and it just right. doesn't work ever. And this sounds sort of like that, with a couple curves thrown in, and maybe. But I, I just think it's not really going to be, uh, not really going to fly. Right. Uh, Mulaney on Fox. For those of you that don't know, John Mulaney, great stand-up comic. It is stand-up comic and former SNL writer John Mulaney does his best Jerry Seinfeld impression as a comedian who lives and works in New York City and whose pals and wacky neighbor like to butt in to his life. But John will have a more regular gig than Jerry ever did. He writes jokes for a game show host and comedian played by Martin Short. Everything about this up until Martin Short, I was a little not so sure about. Mm. I got to say, I like Martin Short. Oh, it I love depends. Martin Short. I mean, sometimes he's pretty not – he's just too manic and not so great. It happens. Mm. But I just feel like he's on a hot streak lately. He's on a lot of really great kind of lower lower end projects that people haven't heard about. hes He's got his game back. I think pairing him with John Mulaney, who's kind of a laid-back – quieter guy more laconic sense of humor very Jerry Seinfeld mm-hmm. which could actually play really well together
1: which you and, and you and I talked about this when we first saw the commercial we both had the exact same thought they're trying to grab Seinfeld they're trying oh, yeah. to recreate Seinfeld which I think it's been long enough
0: yeah I think you can get away with it yeah
1: I think that I think that 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 could survive that could work and uh and yeah I didn't know Martin Short was involved either but yeah he's I put him there with Chevy Chase Steve Martin he is mm. that class of comedian, and I say I mean that both as a pedigree, but also era.
0: Oh yeah, Every, no, he's a th- he's everything. a three amigo for sure.
1: Yeah, everything everything about that group there's there's a style that they all possess. They all do different stuff with it, mm. but there's a style, and I feel I just I don't know I I'm, I agree with you. I think he's he's on his game. He can be a little over the top. I feel like this is going to be. I made the right choice,
0: Pumpkin Spice Sexy, on this one. Pumpkin Spice Sexy, agree. i got to talk about this real quick. NCIS New Orleans. Why should Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles have all the fun? The Big Easy gets its own iteration of TV's most watched drama with Scott Bakula, Lucas Black, Zoe McClellan, and CCH Pounder solving crimes on Bourbon Street and beyond.
1: Is there something below salted caramel balls?
0: The Salted caramel taint? (laughs) 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 This show is the taint. Fair, fair enough. Okay, so I, I, I'm I going to say that I personally don't care for NCIS, which puts me at mm-hmm. odds with apparently 99.9% of America. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it will be pumpkin spice sexy to everyone out there. I disagree. And it will fly and do well.
1: I disagree. I think that this one will not. I think this will be, what was the, There was another one that, uh, it was like Law & Order. Law & Order had. Uh, Law
0: f- & Order, CSI.
1: Because Law & Order could do no wrong. Law & Order, SVU, criminal intent. Boom. Awesome. Love them. Sure. They tried to do a Law & Order uh, Los Angeles version, mm. and it bombed. One too many? There, yeah, there, there is such a thing as one too many, and I just feel like this is going to be one of those where
0: it comes out and it's going to be, mm. nope, nope, done. Could be. I I don't know. Uh, Scott Bakula definitely doesn't have the pull, <laughs> this, is, this is bizarre to say, of Chris O'Donnell <laughs> and LL Cool J. <laughs> So I could see that I do like Lucas Black a lot I mm-hmm. didn't know he was in it But I, I, I'm not going to watch the show Because he's in it Because right. I really despise NCIS I just they all Every week seems the same I've tried to watch the show I, I really have I gave NCIS a fair play Gave it three episodes And I'm like it's the same every episode I can't take this I'm done I'm Right wrong.
1: it's very formulaic
0: It's the same reason I don't watch Law & Order I mean, people have told me, I love Law & Order. I like to put it on in the background while I do housework. I'm like, any show that you can just not pay attention to is not worth my time. I'm not right. going to spend time watching that show if I can just wander off and do something else while the show's on. I totally forgot to mention that Mulaney is on, and this will blow your mind, on Fox mm-hmm. on Sunday night, 9, 8 central. Right in the middle of Animation Domination. So, nice. Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, it's got to say something about the tone of the show. So. Interesting thought. For those of you NCIS fans out there, I apologize, and I don't. your show is on Tuesday, September twenty third. Is its premiere at nine eight central? I don't make sure to set your DVRs for failure. You <laughs> like how I apologize to them and then, and just then slam just, them again? Yeah.
1: yeah, well, I'm used to it. I'm, you, that's how you are with me in Chicago. Yeah, I'm sorry, I abuse people.
0: Um, so we're we're up to your Red Band Society on yeah, Fox Wednesdays, that? September seventeenth, nine eight central. Uh, set in the children's ward of a Los Angeles hospital and narrated by a kid who's in a coma. <laughs> Red Band Society is a coming of age drama that follows a Breakfast Club-esque group of patients as they face life-changing and life-threatening challenges as cancer and heart defects. Griffin Gluck, Zoe Levine, Charlie Rao, Astro, someone named Astro, an actor named Astro. Is it a dog? Uh, is I'm it an animated mus- gray dog? I'm thinking it's a person, not no. an animated dog from the, uh, from the Jetsons. Uh. Ciara Bravo, wow, great names, and Nolan Sotilo star as the young pra- protagonist while Dave Anabe, Rebecca Rittenhouse, and Octavia Spencer take on the adult rules of the doctors and nurses who mentor them through the ups and downs of adolescence.
1: You, uh, you want to give a vote on this before I give my elaborated
0: vote? I can cheat a little here because the it actually premiered, as I mentioned, uh, Wednesday, which was last night, September mm. 17th. The reviews are terrible for it. <laughs> the Reviews were not good. It was people said it's just it's too, well, I didn't read full reviews, but mostly the tone I got was a little too saccharine, a little too uh, like Patch Adams, you right. know, like just, it's a little too much.
1: And, and when you were reading it, the, my my thought was they've now taken the worst part of reality TV shows like American Idol and America's Got Talent, and they've put it into a into a scripted shit. Well, they're all scripted, but they have put right. it into. Uh, deliberately openly scripted show they're literally just playing the cancer card as much as humanly possible and, ho- and hoping that we'll care about these kids because they have cancer and other assorted illnesses. Right. And I, I'm sorry, but that's one of the biggest turnoffs I have with, you know, American Idol. It's like, oh, yeah, you're on a singing show. You might be a great singer, but by the way, do you have any dead relatives or dying relatives? No? We don't need to see you anymore.
0: It, uh, there's a cynicism to it that almost, it forces you to be cynical almost. Right. Particularly now in the day and age where we've been desensitized to it, which is sad and not good. No, so it's not a good, I, I feel bad ride, saying I'm that. But. Right, no, I'd be more down with, I if you want to do a show about, kids like that i mean really make me get in there show me show me the reality of it i don't think red band society sounds like it's really trying to help cancer kids it sounds like what they want to do is glue together some pathos and throw out a bit more of gray's anatomy with the adults you know so i don't know
1: now there's a show you didn't mention it's slated to premiere in 2015 so i don't know if that's going to be winter okay like if it's going to be a mid-season show or if we're all like if it's all the way till next fall, but I thought it was coming out sooner. CBS is uh, is rebooting The Odd Couple hmm. with Matthew Perry from Friends, mm. and I think he's Oscar. Mm. The other actor, his name escapes me. He was on Reno 911, the Booty Shorts Cop. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. he's is Felix. Hmm. And to me, I like the idea. I've always been a big Matthew Perry fan. I, I'm a bigger Thomas Lennon fan, the guy from Reno 911. So see, and so we could we could watch the show together and both like something, but it's uh, I'm not a
0: big Matthew Perry fan though. Really? No.
1: Well, this show's over. But uh, <laughs> I, I I'm just I'm excited for it. I think it's definitely been long enough for that, and I think it's oh, yeah. I mean that and that's I mean your Big Bang Theory is essentially an odd couple type show. You've got yeah. you know it, it, at its root it's about Leonard and Sheldon, the two roommates, and they're they're both nerds, but they're just different enough, and one of them is annoyingly come o- OCD right and uh, and that's that's pretty much what you got with with the odd couple um, you know you've got one guy who's OCD and is driving you know the, the swinging bachelor crazy sure and so I just I don't know I if if Hollywood's gonna be ripping off the, uh, well the models the of what's been out there yeah just just bring us back you know a remake
0: of the original does that mean we can dubstep remix Frank Sinatra songs now not all remakes are good ideas oh, okay wanted to check see if that was still again and that,
1: that's more of uh, taking a model and doing something trying to do something new with it this is literally just if this is just giving us the odd couple
0: again I'm okay with that dear Skrillex please do my way please I'd listen to it of course you would <laughs> I got one last show I want to talk about I saw the previews for this everything about this show made me think salted caramel balls but once I read up on it I kind of think it might be good I'm going to give it a shot I think it is on ABC Premieres uh, Tuesday, September 30th, 87 Central. Selfie. Karen Gillan from Doctor Who mm-hmm. drops her adorable Scottish accent to star in this modern spin on Pygmalion that takes place in today's social media-driven world. Gillan's Eliza Dooley is obsessed with becoming internet famous. That's right. But her constant Instagramming and Facebooking has left her devoid of any real friends, not to mention the social skills required to make any. Desperate for a fix, Liza hires marketer Henry Higginbottom, John Cho, to help her rebuild her image and put down her damn phone for once.
1: Perfect segue, what I was just talking about, this is My Fair Lady. It is, yes. And those are hit and miss. Like I, like I said, not every adaptation is good. True. I do think that she, in particular, is is hot right now. And I don't mean that as a whole, oh, she's hot. No, she's an attractive lady. She is an attractive lady, but, I mean, she is...
0: That could, by the way, be the other
1: name for this podcast. She is an attractive lady. <laughs> she we is want an also- attractive lady. Well, that, that and I'd like to apologize. That's true.
0: I'd like to apologize or she's an attractive lady.
1: <laughs> but, I mean, Doctor Who, there's not much else you have to say. The people that like Doctor Who love Doctor Who. Right. And and there's a lot of us. The Whoites or Whovians. The, the Whovians. Whovian. We're Hoovians, you get it right. Oh my god. But also, uh she was Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. she was great. And yeah, she was fantastic in it. And so I just feel like I feel like career-wise, she's hitting on all cylinders. She's right. hot right now that she's, kid. She's hot. she's going places. She's somewhere going straight to the top, see? Somewhere there's a
0: guy with an oversized cigar <laughs> <laughs> saying all of these things about Karen Gillan.
1: But yeah, I I'm not crazy about the fact that it's, you know, just another blatant rip-off of something, you know, my Fair Lady is a classic. Mm. That being said, I will agree with you on Pumpkin Spice Sexy in that if
0: there is going to be one done well, this is going to be it. I just I when I saw the previews and saw like just the concept of selfie, I was like what is this show about? It's ridiculous. Mm. I was completely unaware that it was a My Fair Lady update. That doesn't by itself make it great. No. What I really like is that they asked themselves, okay, what made Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady ridiculous? Or in Pygmalion, what made her, uh, you know, it was her abs, it was total lack of social skills mm-hmm. that caused her. So they asked themselves, well, what would that be today? It would be somebody that over Instagrams and over Facebooks and one of your friends who's just mm-hmm. way too social media. That would be, that is sort of our 20th century, 21st century, sorry. That's how old I am. Uh, <laughs> 21st century, um Version of Eliza Doolittle would be somebody that's just pushy on 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 the uh, social media. I thought that was actually a, ge- a genius idea. Karen Gillins hot. Love John Cho. He's mm-hmm. almost good in everything. I could see him being a, a great fuss budgety Henry Henry Higginbottom. They changed mm-hmm. the name, which is great. Um, I just I was like, man, I got to give that a shot. So I had to go pumpkin spice sexy and at least I'm interested. Don't know if it works could be terrible.
1: There's two things just out of the gate that I could see killing it at least in its in, in its initial slot. It's an ABC show right? Yes okay ABC had another show a few years back. great ensemble cast very quirky funny writing. it didn't feel formulaic at all mm. and it bombed out. horrible ratings nobody watched it and it all came down to a stupid title Cougar Town. Oh yeah the show Cougartown died on ABC but was good enough and apparently had a good enough fan base it got revived on TBS new episodes not just syndicated episodes new seasons of it same cast uh, their opening title card always has like a little phrase and w- and a few of them they've they've poked fun at the fact that it's a stupid ass title mm. and they even talked about how they considered changing the title but then just decided screw it cuz right. it's not about cougars in, in the animal sense or in the older woman looking for younger guys' what? sense. And it's not. No, the, the I
0: wanted to sh- I I would have watched it if it was about a town full of actual cougars <laughs> running around. Like, like, that would be a great show. We've got to get out of Cougar Town. And
1: the town in the, in the show is not called Cougar Town either. There's no reason for the name, period.
0: I, the, the name does reek of some incredibly sexist studio executive being. You got older women, they wanting some young men. Let's well, call it Cougar Town. That's a big phrase right now.
1: Exactly, and that's what it was. It was a huge phrase. And what's that, the
0: phrase? What's the word that's trending on Twitter? Let me name a show after and that. And right now, it's selfie. And so that's, that's
1: true. That's what. That's one thing that I worry about. I was turned off on it just by the name selfie. Even when you just started to reread it, my initial thought was, "Oh, right, this stupid thing." But then. When you started talking about the synopsis, I remembered it is a My Fair Lady adaptation. And right. the cast is pretty damn good. So it could be great. It could be shot in the foot by having a just lame-ass title. The other thing that could kill it is if they go too over-the-top hokey for the wacky comedy aspect. If mm. they try and make it too silly, it is not going to work. With the cast they have, That's they true. Ne- it, it doesn't need to be the level of
0: Aaron Sorkin. Right. Writing? The writing does have to be better. It has and to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually be going to, as we're sitting here, look this up and find out who is the showrunner on Selfie. Okay. Because that does play that does play a huge part in it to me. I mean, uh, if you tell me Dan Harmon has a new show, I'm watching it. I don't right. care what it is. I love Dan Harmon that much. That's Community how I am with,
1: with Aaron Sorkin. Right. Th- or, I
0: mean, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Chuck Chuck Lohr, who I, I mm-hmm. like some of his stuff. But, I mean, I, you kind of ultimately like it. It it. It does sort of play into that. Okay. It looks like. Emily Kapnek is the writer, a only writer as far as I can tell on the show. That's a great sign. When mm-hmm. you get too many writers, sometimes I think it's it, too many cooks. Right. Um, she also was a writer on uh, the show Suburgatory, which I did not watch, but heard great reviews yeah. on, really good cast. Uh, she wrote for Parks and Rec before that, and she wrote for Hung, the show from HBO back when it was still on. Right. That's some pretty good pedigree right there. Yeah, uh, I'll say that's not bad. So I, Yeah, so, yeah I'm, so I'm happy with that.
1: That's, that's going to be... That's going to fit the vibe that I think it needs to fit. Suburgatory, so again, another ABC show. Yeah. It will most likely be the right feel for what that show needs to be to survive. Then okay. then I then I say my only concern is sure. that stupid title.
0: The title is, it's a turn off to most people just because of that. I know what, I even blame that song. The selfie side, let me take a selfie right. song. Because it got so overplayed. that That's the reason people are like, God, I never want to hear the word selfie ever again. We didn't talk any about reality TV, so I'm going to throw one in there. But we were TV. having
1: so much fun.
0: We've got to have some reality TV, and what better than Fox? Oh God! To talk about reality TV. Right. Now this one's already premiered. I have not watched an episode, so our listeners who've seen this, uh, you know, write in let us know what you thought of Utopia. Oh God! On Fox premieres premiered Sunday, September seventh at eight seven Central. That's right. Uh, in this experimental reality series based on a Dutch format, fifteen contestants of varying backgrounds and temperaments, of course, are thrown into the wilderness to spend an entire year building their own society with their own rules. Will they practice a certain religion, or will atheism rule? Will they farm their own food, or eat each other as things devolve into anarchy and cannibalism? Oh my God! If the show actually did that, <laughs> I would watch. Right? But I doubt that's a serious question.
1: No. And you and I we were watching football uh, last week. I think is when we really got slammed with Utopia commercials,
0: wasn't it? A lot of them. Yeah.
1: I remember there was a f- there was there was it was like a uh, like a line graph as the as the day went on, where when it started, it was just like. They showed a commercial, and I remember you and I were just like, oh, God, there goes
0: The neighborhood of reality television, which is such a great neighborhood already.
1: Right, and and, and it was just, you know, way to go, Fox. It's going to be Survivor, Big Brother, and uh, something else stupid. And then they showed another commercial, and we were just like, oh, my God, this is so Mm -hmm. stupid. This is how – I I think it was – you might have said (laughs) – how have we not written a show for television yet? Because clearly it's not that hard to get something on the air. And then they kept doing commercials in there. I don't remember what it was, but there, oh yes, I do. I think there was some toothless hillbilly guy, Red. I think his (laughs) name is Red. Yes. And, and it got to a point where with every commercial they showed, it got worse and worse and worse until it got to the point where it officially became good. (laughs) The show looks so bad that I might have to watch it.
0: No, that and that's the thing. I think we this actually came out of that. I miss the days of reality television. The only reality TV series I've ever religiously watched, and it's funny to say religiously watched, was Temptation Island <laughs> back in the early two thousands. Because that's the kind of show I'm into. Give me give if you I I'm, I'm aware reality TV show to me. I'm sorry, I find it pretty trashy. It mm-hmm. is trashy stuff. So give me the most trashy, awful, lamest concepts you can. Like like temptation island go with that i'll watch that and utopia sounds like it might approach temptation island territory for me like there's just it's so obviously staged and so obviously faked and so obviously they went out and found like oh this guy's really religious we'll put him in here with the chick that likes sleeping around a lot and they'll have lots of wacky or or we'll find an atheist to pair with him you know Mm. and like they just they they're they're bringing the extreme parts of american society and as long as people watch it i have no issue with people watching it as long as they realize that it is a farce right it is not reality at all like you should not aspire to be a loudmouth douchebag
1: right or if you are going to be that have a podcast yeah have a podcast <laughs> or go on reality tv
0: and be a loudmouth douchebag there
1: To the same point of, if you're going to watch it, know it's a farce. There was one that I liked that I guess you'd call it a reality TV show. Mm. It was on Spike TV for Men. The Joe Schmo Show. I do not remember this. It was a show like Big Brother where a dozen people are put in this mansion and they have to do this wacky contest to win immunity and vote people off the show. Mm. Mm. Everybody on that show was fake except one contestant. He thought he was on a show like that everybody else was a, high, a lot i mean you had some some of the people i think from Reno 911 were involved uh, ralph garman was the was the host so they intentionally cast all these people to play all the stereotypes like you've got the the bubbly blonde is she a slut or is she just flirty you've got the jock you've got the prude you know all of the all, all of the all the stereotypes, all yeah. the stereotypes that, that that they usually stick on these shows and they were and it was clear to the audience because they, because they, they were some of the some of the show was the behind the scenes stuff of the drama of, it was like the Truman show mixed with Big Brother yeah it was fun it was funny and it actually had a lot of heart because they did a good job of casting their any the, and you know what maybe they got me maybe even the Joe Schmo maybe he was in on the whole thing too and the whole thing was fake. I <laughs> choose to believe that it might have actually been that he might have actually sure. been genuine. And, and I choose to believe that because he comes off smelling like a rose. Being the only real person in a, in a, in a, in a, in a completely staged environment, you just get a sense of him as a, being a very good guy. And, uh, and so it had heart to it. It was funny. It was entertaining. That's the kind of reality TV I can get behind.
0: That actually sounds like it would not have been staged based solely on the idea that you could do that with the, the subject knowing they're being filmed. Like mm-hmm. That's the only way to really do reality. Like You're being filmed... And you know it's coming and therefore, but everyone around him is not, you have control over that, mm. then that I would think you could get away with that. Whereas a lot of the time, my beef with reality show and why I say it's, it's not, it's, it's faked, is most of the time they already cast people for it. Right. So they, they went and got the religious guy for this show, um, Utopia. Utopia. The guy knows they picked me because I'm religious. So they, he's going to play that up. Yeah, he's going to play it up. He doesn't want to go home. He wants to make his money. Or or the guy who's an atheist knows they, he wants, they want me to butt heads. They know what you want them to do. Right. And they just go do that. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it's not reality. Whereas this guy would be in a situation, the Joe Schmo guy you're talking about, would be in a different situation. I think that's definitely you could kind of control that more. So mm. that's why I would say that one's probably closer to being reality instead of them. Instead of that, you wouldn't need to cast an actor and because the actor doesn't actually even if he is an actor he doesn't know actually what's happening around right. him so you know that would be i feel like you could get away with that one easier so that yeah, mm-hmm. might might be maybe that's the fall tv lineup there for you enjoy or hate or ignore whichever you like to do now i want to move on to the other great thing movies oh yeah movies so there's a lot of great movies still coming out and last episode we talked about the oscar favorites Time to go the other way. I want to go popcorn this time. Ooh, I like popcorn. I want to get. I want to get. I want to go. So I'm going to start with the nearest one that I can think of. Hobbit Three or H Three, as I'm calling it.
1: Uh, I I've got a decision to make here. Do I want to reveal my dark secret that you know, but the majority of our listening audience has uh, no idea? I'm the comic book guy on the show. Yep. I'm the wrestling fan guy. Yep. I think it's safe to say if we had to to, 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 to declare one of us as the nerd, it's me. You definitely come off nerdier, yes. Okay. I've seen the first Lord of the Rings movie. Yes. I have not seen any of the others, or including The Hobbits. So
0: this actually will play in great here. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you what you think will happen in The Hobbit 3. <laughs> based <laughs> on right. the fact that you Did have it. seen nothing but maybe a trailer.
1: I, okay, so based on the fact that I have not seen the first two Hobbit movies or the last two Lord of the Rings movies, okay, I have seen... The first, the Fellowship of the Ring, the the movie that that storyline wise is going to be f- directly following this Hobbit movie. Sure. Correct? So you know that it's out, uh, yeah. So I know that at some point, Bilbo.
0: Right. Yes. yes. Bilbo. That's his name.
1: Okay. Bilbo is going to have a ring. Yep. And he's going to make it home. I know that he's. One gonna, would think. I yes. know that he's going to live, and there's going to be elves. Yeah. And 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 dwarves. Yep. And probably wizards?
0: There will probably be those things. Do you think Gandalf is going to to win against the darkness or not?
1: I don't know what the darkness is. I yeah. hope you're not being racist.
0: No, no, no. I mean the actual band, The Darkness, that did I Believe in a Thing Called Love. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. There. They're in the Hobbit three. Why
1: have I not seen these movies? Right, yet?
0: they're really good. Gandalf has to. It's like a battle of the bands. It turns <laughs> out he plays a mean guitar solo. But dude, uh, spoiler. No, no, I mean, I, it's in all the trailers. What are you talking about okay. like the huge metal solos that he's playing constantly throughout the whole thing? So Hobbit three, you're clearly you're excited. I actually, well, and I am excited. I think uh,
1: we talked about this a little bit. Um, I I want to go ahead and I want to marathon it. I figure I've gone this long without seeing them. Mm. And I was, if you remember, I was going to sit down and watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and then all of a sudden I heard about The Hobbit coming out, and I was like, oh, I'll wait for this Hobbit movie. And then I found out that's its own trilogy, and I just figured, fuck it all. I'm going to wait until that's ready to be done. Sure. And so what I want to do is I want to watch Hobbit 1, then Hobbit 2, then go see Hobbit 3. And theaters. And theaters, and and then watch the
0: Lord of the Rings trilogy again, including the one I already saw. You know what we gotta do is we gotta go find a uh, a theater that's showing one and two and then three. Oh, that's gonna be a long day for my ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards immediately come back and watch four, five and six. <laughs> I'm pretty I just wondering how long that would actually be. I don't want to do that math. In no, my head. no,
1: I'm not even going to try and do that math either. But it would
0: probably be at least, hey, 24 folks, solid hours.
1: If uh, if you have uh, if you have theories on how long it would take us to watch all six movies in succession, and also any health tips that we should uh, undertake, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at DNeighborsBand or uh, email those to downstairsneighborsband at gmail I'm curious. If any of our listeners out there, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this idea of marathoning and how all, safe all of it is. The,
0: all of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And would we actually find ourselves transported to Narnia by accident if we watch? That's to, what happens if you Narnia? watch all six. That's a yeah. crossover. Yeah, I know it is. It's a crossover thing. You get transported over and this like half goat guy comes out and is like, you watched too many films. And then the it's Cubs lose. And then the Cubs lose for 100 years.
1: So yeah, That's what happened. What do I have to watch in succession to get transported to the Marvel Universe? because I'll do that shit.
0: You have to watch all of the Marvel movies that are out already, all of them. And then you have to watch Age of Ultron, which is totally coming out next year. See, we are I do think they're going to, I feel like we're going to get ready to see a preview. It's coming out in May, I believe, May of 2015. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's coming up. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be seeing previews here around Christmas time. They're going to get that first preview. We're already seeing previews now. Is there a preview for it? Now There's a,
1: is a, it's a teaser thing. It's, I don't think it shows any footage. Oh, right.
0: The pre- yeah, the teaser. But I mean, I think we're going to see some footage here pretty soon. Hmm. And uh, Age of Ultron. It's good. I, I think it's arguably along with Star Wars going to be the biggest movie of 2015. I'm going to say we won't see anything until Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, uh, it could be. Could be. I bet be. you, they you, might, I bet they you might. during the Super Bowl we'll see something. They they might play it tight that way. But uh, Age of Ultron. James James Spader's playing Ultron. Mm-hmm. From uh, from the Blacklist, another show that's not new this year, but that's a new true. season. No, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to Blacklist season two coming, mm-hmm. and uh, also I got to say Nashville season four, three,
1: four? four. Is it four?
0: Four. Yeah, four. I, I'm excited for that too. Actually, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a Nashville.
1: huge fan of that show.
0: The great show, uh, and Agents of Shield, obviously. Yes, great. as long as to to come back to our Marvelness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested to see if they tie in Agents of Shield. And isn't Agent Carter the one that takes place in like the 50s coming soon? I don't know if that's this year, maybe mid-season. Have you not heard of this? No. Yeah, there's a show about Agent Carter. It's about um, you remember Captain America's girlfriend from the first movie? Yeah. Captain America. Yeah, there's like a show about her in the 50s, like doing stuff.
1: And it's and Marvel Studios. Marvel is doing Studios, it? yeah. Nice. Marvel Studios is doing
0: it, and uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And then they've got the Daredevil series coming to Netflix at some point.
1: I'm not, I'm not holding on hope for that. Less
0: excited for that one. Um, but you
1: know what? I'm, I'll be hopeful for it. I'm just not going to hold my breath because I hated the Angley Hulk that I know you enjoyed. But I thought they did a great job when they rebooted it with Ed Norton. So mm. who knows? Maybe I did not a fan of what they did with Daredevil. Maybe they'll do well this time around. Yeah.
0: Uh, if anyone ever gets a chance, there, some guy out there took a Daredevil comic and totally edited the bubbles because Daredevil's powers—he's he could feel things. Mm. You know, he's like senses things, <laughs> and uh, so he's fighting this giant robot. Uh, in this the comic panel and he's pretty much jizzing himself the entire time because he's like oh my god I can feel everything the <laughs> vibrations ah, and he's just like someone re-edited the comic it's hilarious anyway so Age of Ultron amazing film coming soon there was the big thing I was excited about they released the synopsis for and, the film
1: and just to let our listeners know this is not a spoiler warning it's not Right. A spoiler about the movie, this is just a brief little starting point. Sorry. Right, it's
0: a blurb that'll let you know kind of where they're going with it. When Tony Stark tries to jumpstart a dormant peacekeeping program, things go awry, and Earth's mightiest heroes, including Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Incredible Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye, <gasps> are put to the ultimate test as the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. As the villainous Ultron emerges, it is up to the Avengers to stop him from enacting his terrible plans. And soon, uneasy alliances and unexpected action pave the way for an epic and unique global adventure. Mm. So that's the official synopsis. Cool. Of Or teaser or whatever. For Age of Ultron, which came out, I was very excited to read about it. I'm uh, interested to see where they take it. Mm-hmm. And go James Spader as Ultron. I think it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm interested to see... Uh a couple things. I mean, this is gonna get a little probably too maybe too maybe too nerdy for some of the our our listeners, but oh boy. Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch ah, yes. are are gonna be involved. Uh, that was what what movie did they show them at the end of? Was it
0: That was Captain America, the second Captain America? Was it America at the movie? end of Captain America? Okay. Yeah, that was the teaser at the end of it. The reason
1: I say that I'm interested is because in the Marvel world,
0: those two
1: are a direct crossover into the X-Men universe. They're the right. son and daughter of Magneto. They're mutants. Those last uh, couple words I just said, Magneto and mutants and, shit, X-Men, Yep. Uh, are all things that, as of right now, legally, Marvel Studios films really can't reference because Fox Thank owns you, those rights. 20th Century Fox. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how they're going to, which a little fun thing for uh, people out there that might not have noticed it, if you saw the newest X-Men movie, Days of Future Past, they visited Quicksilver at one point. They do mm. utilize the character Quicksilver. Yep. Never once do they call him Quicksilver. They only call him by his first name, and they put his last name on the mailbox outside, but they never say his last name because they, too, have to avoid saying certain things over at Fox because Marvel Studios owns the rights to that character.
0: It's so strange that football and comics are now the things that have to have lawyers present whenever they're <laughs> talked about. right? And now they got to watch out for that, so... Yeah, it's it is crazy how how those things have have worked out, and um, but so I'm I'm interested
1: though to see how they're going to handle these characters where they can't talk about their where they come from, they right. can't talk about their parentage, they they can't even call them mutants, right? Um, and so I'm interested to see how that goes, just on my you know my my ultra nerd level.
0: Well, I gotta I gotta believe Joss Whedon, who did the first one and wrote the first one, who wrote and is directing this one, uh, will 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 guide the way well, and mm. even with limitations, I think he'll be fine.
1: Oh, I'm sure. That I I'm at, I'm waiting to see what kind of little uh nod to the audience they do because i know they're gonna they're gonna reference as much as they can and as blatantly as they can without breaking the, the oh yeah the, the rights i'm sure so, there'll be many
0: winks and nods and, yeah. and such um i gotta ask are you happy with who they cast as scarlet witch and quicksilver in the marvel or not in, yeah, in the marvel universe i don't have any issues with it so you're good with elizabeth olsen yeah good with aaron taylor johnson playing crystal yeah you know I, what I find I'm, I'm
1: nodding at you and remembering that this is an audio show <laughs> so i have to actually <laughs> vocalize to yes. my answers so yes i'm okay with those. you know what i
0: find very odd that they were husband and wife in the uh godzilla movie that came out
1: oh the new, the new godzilla the the i haven't, I haven't godzilla. seen
0: that they are husband and wife in it <laughs> and then ironically now they are brother and sister
1: that's Hollywood for you. It's one big incestuous family.
0: Apparently, they are playing with. The, they said that they actually kind of nod a little bit. Like, they didn't play it full on incest or anything, but there's like a little bit of a, like, whoa, they're hugging a little close. That's weird. <laughs> and they like, admitted, yeah, we totally did that just to mess with people. So, That's I'd funny. be interested to see that. Uh, I got to say, I'm not totally thrilled with Aaron Taylor Johnson. Really? I like Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's a good actress. She's a good call. Aaron Taylor Johnson, outside of kick ass, he hasn't impressed me too much. Maybe I just haven't watched enough of his stuff, but. Uh, Maybe he's good, and I, I just don't know it. Uh, but gonna, in Godzilla, he was a board; it I'm, was rough.
1: I'm gonna well, again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what you just said about Joss Whedon. Mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's gonna be fantastic, and I have two words to back it up: Mark Ruffalo. At least I've always liked Mark Ruffalo. See, and I have too. But I hated the idea when I heard that he was cast as the Hulk. When I heard that Ed Norton was out, I was bummed. There. When I then heard, oh, he's been cast, and they had announced it, I was like, okay, who are they gonna get? But then when I hear Mark Ruffalo. I was pissed and I know a lot of people were unhappy with that casting when they heard mm. it. And then you saw Avengers and you're like, "Oh my god, this was better than Ed Norton did." Oh like, yeah, this I is know, hands totally. down the best Banner they've ever had.
0: Oh easily. Yeah, no, Mark Ruffalo is great. So, see, I and that's maybe where I just I trust actors. Like there's there's a thing I have with actors where like like when Heath Ledger got announced as Joker, we got to talk about that cuz that's I mean, that's how that the ultimate in everybody's like, the guy from Brokeback Mountain, what? Or right. the guy from Knight's Tale, what? Like People <laughs> were just like, no, this guy's not the Joker. I'd seen him in uh, Lords of Dogtown and Brokeback Mountain, and he's amazing in both those movies. And right. I was like, okay, well, he's a great actor. He'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I have trust in great actors. So when I heard Mark Ruffalo was going to be the Hulk, I'm like, that's a great call. Mark Ruffalo is an amazing, and he, he's, a, he's a diverse actor. He can play a variety of parts. Mm-hmm. Edward Norton, I like Edward Norton. I love a lot of Edward Norton movies, and I love Edward Norton he he can play variety he but not as well as mark ruffalo in my mind mm. so i was much happier to see mark ruffalo go the hulk aaron taylor johnson hasn't struck me yet as a great actor in anything i again like i said i haven't seen everything he's done so maybe i, I need to watch i heard he was pretty good in anna karenina um, so maybe I'll give that a shot and, and then hopefully I'll be a little more excited about him as Quicksilver.
1: You know what? We're going to literally have two Quicksilvers to look at within a year and a half of each other. I'm
0: not going to lie. Evan Peters was really good as Quicksilver. Oh, they
1: ha- I mean, and, the, and and that also goes to, I think, uh, if it was the director's choice or whatever, but that, that whole sequence in the kitchen. Oh, fantastic. The best use, of, use the song. of time in a bottle, yeah. Yes.
0: Weirdly enough, I just realized this just now. Two, actor, two different actors are playing Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. They both were in Kick-Ass as best friends. Oh my God, you're right. In the first Kickass, Evan Peters was was the the one of the trio of buddies that was along with Kickass. So yeah, <laughs> and they're both playing Quicksilver right now. That's very ironic. I wonder if that that's very ironic and bizarre.
1: All right, make sure you guys get those stories into us. Again, we're not planning on doing this on the next episode. Probably going to give you one month. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll do these two episodes from now. We
0: understand that writing three sentences can take a very long time. So it, if you want to just do one rough. sentence a week, and then with that fourth week, kind of do a check, you know, in the final draft, that's totally cool.
1: Right. And I'm gonna feel really bad if somebody does that process and then sends it in right after
0: we're done. That would be tragic. That would be really sad. That would be a really good story. It would be a great. I mean,
1: I bet you could probably tell that story in two, maybe three sentences. Probably about two or three. But we do want to thank you guys for listening and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this special edition of Final Hour with the West Coast Neighbors. Remember, if you haven't already done so, subscribe to our show so you don't miss any new episodes, especially when we do special stuff like this. You can subscribe on iTunes or Podcast Republic or any other major podcast service. Again, we want to thank Juice for being on the show today. And you can find her single, All Tied Up,
0: at juiceismusic.bandcamp.com. I'm Seth. I'm Brian, and all hail the salted caramel taint of Hollywood.
1: We'll catch you next time.
0: We're going to leave you now with All Tied Up by Juice.
3: there in this living room we share but stand on opposite ends when you scream i wanna run i'm spilling coffee on the rug and when the morning turns to dust i never loved you all that much so i